from Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology and insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Robert Fletcher from the Duck Creek solution partner team. And in today's episode, we're so thrilled to be joined by Tracy Waller, Director of Small Commercial Underwriting at ISO, who will be sharing her perspective on small commercial property underwriting and the impact of data to inform better outcomes for carriers. ISO is a various business unit providing statistical, actuarial, underwriting, claims data and analytics, policy language, and information about specific locations for the PNC insurance industry. Tracy, hello and welcome. How are you doing today? Thanks so much. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. And I'm really looking forward to talking today about small commercial. It's very exciting to be here. Thanks. Likewise. Yeah, thank you for coming on the program. Uh, I will say uh, you know, to our listeners, this episode is personally very special to me. And that is because I am a former Veris employee. I actually used to work at AAR Worldwide and Analyze Re. Tracy and I did not know each other when I was at Veris, <laughs> but it's been Really fun getting to know you, getting getting ready for today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to digging in around the topic of small commercial underwriting. But today's episode goes beyond me in so many ways, and Robert, I know we were chatting about this previously, that given our long-standing relationship here at Duck Creek with ISO and Veris, that this is a special episode on a company level as well. That's exactly right, Rob, and Tracy, welcome. I am excited to have this conversation uh, on the Creek with Verisk and with you in particular. Uh, the first two podcasts in this new series that Rob's created have featured some of our newer InsurTech partners, Cambridge Mobile, Telematics, and BitSight. And I encourage our listeners who haven't heard these to go back and check them out. But I'm excited today about hearing from Verisk because you're actually amongst Duck Creek's very first InsurTech partners, dating back to 2003. And by my last count, we have 14 integrations together, what we call Anywhere integrations. Um, and our most recent is, is with your product, BuildFax. Um, and then as well, we've got seven ISO line of biz business templates um, that we've built upon. So needless to say, Veris brings uh, a lot of uh, knowledge and focus on insurance technology. And you've been doing this for a long time and you're industry perspective is unique. And so I'm looking forward to hearing uh, hearing this from you and particularly learning about trends that you're seeing in the market today, particularly around your area of expertise, small commercial property underwriting. So let's jump right in. What are some of the changes that you've seen you know, in the recent past and, and this year in particular? Yeah, so Robert, um, first, as I'm sure that most of your listeners are aware, particularly those tuning into this particular podcast, the small commercial space is an absolute hotbed of innovation right now. Um, and as you mentioned, we've got a unique position here at ISO. We're really strongly linked into the industry as a whole. And what we're seeing in this space is just really exciting. There's so much creativity going on. Uh, by our customers here, be they carriers, MGAs, brokers, you name it. They're really laser focused on accelerating digital transformations. And, 
you know, that journey can mean something different to every single one of our customers, but the concept is pretty universally top of mind. I'd say that's probably the top trend right now. And additionally, it's been spurred on by the pandemic. You know, a year ago when we all started down this path, there was so much uncertainty in the market, but the market has really embraced the acceleration of the digital transformation here. And it's it's critical here to use every available resource, things like technology and the anywhere managed integrations and the accelerators and technical pre-integrations that we have to really propel innovation forward. And related to that, I think the other major trend that I see is what we're referring to as the race to zero and automating underwriting. So in the race to zero, carriers and MGAs as well are looking to uh, either pre-fill or fully quote small business applications with zero questions, truly based on business name and address. You know, Carriers in general, they're not focused really right now at all on cutting underwriting talent, but instead refocusing it to look at the more complex risks and automating underwriting of these small commercial books, you know, where it's appropriate, injecting data and analytics all around and leveraging all the amazing technology that's available today continuing to play in this exciting space because it can be so profitable and, you know, to the point that we were making really serves small business owners and allows them to focus on growing their businesses, particularly in a challenging environment while having peace of mind about the risk. The common goal here throughout the industry, it really seems to be bringing all of these advances together between data analytics, workflow and technology, and to really, I guess, reimagine what the small commercial insurance space looks like. I, I just think in a couple of very short years, we'll be talking about a very different market. That's very cool, Tracy. I, I can imagine any business owner or agent who has filled out one of these long applications in the past can't even imagine this kind of idea of race to zero. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, I think we see um, a bit in the market. It's a concept that we call application fatigue. And if you're a small business owner, sometimes in the, the gig or the micro economy in, in particular, you know, you're not necessarily an insurance expert. So going through several screens of questions that you may or may not know the answers to can get pretty frustrating. So the concept of race to zero, I think, resonates really strongly with um, small business owners as well as carriers and, and MGAs and brokers. Absolutely. Really, really great point, Tracy. And I think that you know, as carriers are looking to make that digital transformation and race to zero, uh, certainly a trend that, uh, you know, we've been hearing about and uh, one that is accelerating, one that I think carriers are looking to to match what they're able to do on the personal line side within, uh, you know, small commercial as well. And so I guess when you get down to it, uh, being able to straight through process during underwriting and pricing, what really is the impact of having partially complete data versus having highly accurate, robust data? Yeah, so Rob, there's a lot of risk there, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I'd say when asked, most of our customers, carriers and MGAs as well, tell us that they want to straight through process as much business as possible or, you know, as much as is appropriate for their appetite and for the risk. But there are several factors that impact this, particularly when our customers are making decisions about which data to onboard and how to do it. There's a real risk to carriers in the allure of what's referred to as good enough data, and I'm using air quotes. You know, it can seem incredibly inexpensive. You know, 
from a sourcing perspective, it's pretty straightforward to, um, you know, simply round up a lot of public data or just scrape social media websites. But there can absolutely be questions on quality and the impact that lower quality data can have. I mean, there is anytime you're talking about data that's not being directly provided by its source or owner. Um, there can be a real a sort of, are, are you familiar with the concept of a perverse incentive? Have you no, heard that I, before? Can't, I can't say I am. Okay, it's it's this concept where um, you are unintentionally rewarding behavior that's actually worsening the problem that's trying to be solved. Um, and this is really a great um, description of what can happen with lower quality, good good enough data that's not really complete or robust. You know, it can seem like a somewhat fast and inexpensive path to straight through processing to take on this type of data. But once it's incorporated, particularly in an automated environment where you have intentionally removed certain controls and touch points, it can create a portfolio-wide risk, really making carriers potentially worse off than they were not using data in the first place. It's the quality of data and the analytics that are critical and bad information can permeate systems when they're being leveraged uh, in automated ways. So, you know, as an example, we know that the uh, country, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm actually gonna back up there. So we know that as an example, there are $3.1 trillion of cost related to bad data. And much of that is related to knowledge workers like us in the industry, first noticing and then correcting and then tracking down the effects that this bad data can have um, in systems. It really understores the criticality of the accuracy. I mean, when you're talking about agents or insureds, if you're working in the direct market, they're doing their best in filling out these applications. Agents are under the same type of stress as carriers as well, trying to get speed and scale and accuracy in the small commercial space. And they're seeing a lot less premium. So there's even greater pressure there to, to give their best estimation on those longer applications, which may or may not be the most current or the most accurate information. So in addition to just the strong impacts that low quality data can have, you know, when you're talking about things like not being aware of exposures at point of quote and instead finding out a point of claim, there's also the question of the underwriters trust, you know, underwriters put a lot of effort into rounding up accurate information for these insurance policies. And when they begin depending on data to do some of this work for them, once they realize that they don't have good data or that the data isn't um, fully complete or accurate enough, that trust is eroded immediately. All of the effort and investment that a carrier can put into working through these types of integrations and automation workflows can be undone so quickly because the underwriter is going to continue double checking things that are pre-filled or have been straight through processed. We also know that the quality of data for agents is critical when they are choosing which carriers to work with. Um, we've surveyed agents, independent agents in particular in the past, and they've reported back that fast quality data is the differentiation differentiator when they're choosing which carriers to um, to work with in general. And then lastly, there's, of course, the, the question of premium leakage, right? I mentioned a little bit finding out about exposures at point of claim versus point of quote. And we've done a few different analyses here. We found that um, 
there's about $4.5 billion in property premium leakage that can be seen over four years by simply misclassifying construction and PPC code. And those are things that can tend to get guessed at if the agent doesn't know for certain or the insured doesn't know for certain. And when we compared the results of some of our customers' books against our own site-verified uh, Verisk data, those were the results, which, which can be pretty scary if you think about it in the long term. We saw similar results in the BOP market, over $22 billion of BOP premium alone due to business NAICS misclassification can be missed. And, um, you know, guys, my background is actually in uh, GL prior to working in small commercial. And I have seen some pretty scary misclassifications here. You know, retail shops that turned out to be toy manufacturers, test labs that turned out to be drug manufacturers, myriad risks classified as lessors risks that were actually salons or pharmacists. And, you know, you can be the best salon or the best pharmacist, but carriers need to understand that risk up front. And this doesn't even speak to the coverage misalignment that can happen when a risk isn't classified properly. You know, if high quality data isn't used in this process, then the appropriate underwriting rules aren't being triggered, whether that's for additional exclusions or additional coverages. And this is the foundation on which straight through processing and automated underwriting is built. And if you're not using this type of data, you have to be concerned about the breadth of operations that are making their way onto your book unknowingly. Contractors are a great example. They're gig-based. You know, Jane's Plumbing and Drain could very well be doing excavation or working with industrial strength chemicals. Sarah's Landscaping maybe filed, filed for a roof uh, permit last year. I guess the most important thing to remember is that the awareness of the exposure is critical, and that's where the quality of the data needs to come in. Carriers are not looking to decline risks as much as possible in the small commercial market. It's just, it's just not how it works. It's, it's just the opposite. They're looking to take on as many risks as possible that fit within their appetite, but they need that opportunity to underwrite appropriately and to appropriately automate the risks. Absolutely. No, really, really great comprehensive answer, Tracy. And uh, yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I think it, it starts at the data, having that foundation. And, you know, we certainly see within Duck Creek, our customers taking advantage of our, our tools to configure workflows and different rules and so forth. But, you know, as you said, it, it's really two sides of the same coin. If, if, you're, if you don't have the data, um, you know, you're going to be doing everything over manual review. And similarly, if you don't have the ability to set up those rules and workflows, well, then everything just becomes a hot mess. And so I think it's uh, it's all very, very important and, and certainly looking at the differences it can make and the leakage you could experience as a carrier. Um, really, really interesting point there. No, it's, it's interesting, Tracy. You, we, I think we could do a whole podcast series on data quality alone. Oh, yeah. um, but I want to I want to turn for a minute and talk about what are some of the newer data sources that you're seeing um, specifically focused toward commercial property? Oh, sure. So I think when it comes to newer data sources, there are really two that are top of mind for, certainly for us at Verisk, but really for the industry as a whole as we talk to our customers. And the first is obviously from a property perspective, aerial imagery. It's one of the most critical technological and data advancements that we're seeing right now in the property space. 
aerial imagery can be an excellent source of um, alternative data. You know, when you think about the exposures, even just that um, a roof can present, right? It's something that I know that the industry, and I know that you guys at Duck Creek know the industry as a whole is chasing, and it's somewhere we focus pretty strongly at Barris. Through the use of aerial imagery, you can get such a wealth of information on roofs. So you think about being able to spot things like patching, ponding. Is there a tarp on the roof that you're rating that the carrier needs to be aware of? Is there missing material? Uh, you know, one of the most obvious ones, has there been damage to the roof? You can see, you know, perhaps large water stains or um, towers that have fallen over. All of these types of exposures can be picked up using aerial imagery. Um, and of course, the exposures that are presented by buildings that are next to the one that's being underwritten. That's absolutely critical, important, critically important to understand if uh, the building at hand is located next to one that say um, recently suffered a significant fire or water loss or has been vacant for a long time. You know, the, all of those exposures can be picked up through aerial imagery and it's it's somewhere where we focus at Barisk and we focus there because we know that our clients are focused there as well. The other big one I'd say is the uh, general realm of image analytics. So um, if there's anyone who's not familiar with it, it's the concept of being able to interpret or pull underwriting insights from either static images or videos. So in the small commercial space, this is, I think, one of the more exciting places where we're focused in innovation. You can just pull so much rich information about a risk. Um, and again, beneficial to the carrier, to the agent and to the insured as well, who's not an insurance expert to ensure that they're getting all of the coverage that they need. You know, if you think about taking a picture of an establishment uh, and even from the inside, Using image analytics, you can pull out information about the property risk and the hazards. You can see if, um, I don't know, if flammable liquids are being stored next to something that is uh, an incendiary device. You can see cooking hazards. If you think about the kitchen of a restaurant, if uh, the grease traps aren't being cleared appropriately or the hood hasn't been cleaned recently, those types of things you can certainly see in an image. And traditionally, we've relied on people, of course, to, to look at the images and make those determinations. But we're seeing and, and participating in the uh, significant advancements in the analytics space that you can pull from uh, images. You can also see things like slip and fall hazards. You can see whether an establishment looks to be more of an eating place or a drinking place, right? Is it a restaurant or a bar? Does it have a dance floor? In addition to being able to do um, object recognition where you can see things like solar panels um, on a building. So when you pull all of this really exciting technology together with that solid high quality data, the foundation of the integrated information and the analytics, you can get a holistic full picture of the property and the liability risk for small businesses. It's just obviously something I'm passionate about. I think it's a pretty exciting space to be in for small commercial with this type of technology. So that concludes part one of our conversation with Tracy Waller. Thank you, Tracy, and thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to reiterate that at Duck Creek, we have multiple integrations with Verisk. These include integrations to Verisk Property 360 Value, from Metrics and Build Facts, 
where we pull all this property data into Duck Creek policy, which can then be used to inform both commercial and personal lines underwriting and pricing decisions. To learn more about our integrations and line of business templates with Verisk and ISO, check out the Duck Creek Content Exchange at duckcreek.com and visit the Verisk Partner page by going to duckcreek.com slash partner slash ISO. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out part two of today's episode, where we continue the conversation with Tracy, beginning with discussing how a building system's maintenance activities can impact its risk. To listen to that episode and other content, visit our virtual events platform, VFormation, by going to vformation.duckcreek.com. We'll see you next time.